We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmala Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. Danielle Hazlett joined me tonight to share her story of surviving a serious eating disorder, living with PCOS, hypothyroidism, and the challenges and victories she's had along the way. During this episode, she talks about the pressures of growing up looking different than her peers and how it negatively impacted her confidence. Her many years as a competitive athlete, a father who was an alcoholic, and how her eating disorder developed, as well as her road to recovery. She also shared how it took her many years to get diagnosed with PCOS and then hypothyroidism and how important it is for women to be our own advocates when it comes to our health and wellness. Danielle shared advice for women who suffer with PCOS as well as healing methods that have helped her and many others in their journeys to feeling better and fighting the syndrome. She also spoke about how you can offer support and be there for your friends and family who suffer with PCOS and shared encouragement in how there is hope for recovery when it comes to eating disorders as well as keeping PCOS symptoms under control. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. I know that you're definitely going to learn a lot from Danielle's story and be inspired. Growing up, I was always a very active child. I was always into sports. I started basketball and softball. Um, pretty much when I could walk. And then, you know, in high school, I got more competitive. I started playing um, year round. I did like basketball, softball, track and field, um, even did golf <laughs> one season. Um, but when I went to college, um, I, uh, I'm from a really small town. Let me add that in there. I'm from a small town called Galt, California. Many people probably don't even know what that is, um, but it's a little cow town in Northern California. Um, kind of like everyone knows everyone kind of town. And I was the first in my family to go to college um, out of everybody. And um, also like not very many people in Galt typically get out of Galt. So a handful of us actually made it out, out of there and went to college. Um, and when I went there or when I, when I was getting out of high school, I had the option to play sports in college or um, and stay local with like scholarships and stuff, or I could get away from home and not get a scholarship to play sports. So I was like torn of what I wanted to do. I didn't want to, I wanted to branch out. I wanted to, um, just have a different experience other than just staying and, you know, going to the same college that everyone else is going to just so I can play sports. Um, and I took my chances and I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give it all up <laughs> and I'm going to go down to Southern California for college. So I was still in California, but pretty far. I was six hours away. So um, I went to Santa Barbara. Um, also in high school, I was very, I was always very competitive. I always um, had to be, you know, the best 
basketball player, the best pitcher, the best of everything. I was always very competitive. Um, so getting all that up really hit me hard when I went to college because I didn't have anything to do. And um, I did play um, for fun and, um, you know, I refereed and stuff like that. But um, I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know a single person. And um, it was also pretty scary to me because I went to Santa Barbara. And if anyone's familiar with Santa Barbara, it was, it's very, um, it's uh, kind of like, it's way different from a cow town. Let me just say that. It's very, um, like everyone there was just, you know, they looked so beautiful and they had the highest designer clothes and like, they always have like the cool cars. Like I didn't even know what a Maserati or a Tesla or anything was. And I didn't know any of that, all those names. When I went there, I was like, what are these cars? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I felt really out of place. And I was like, I'm never going to find any friends here. I don't know what I'm doing here. I actually contemplated like moving back home and just switching schools, um, but I didn't. And um, I... I got really lonely for a long time. Um, and before that, like, um, I want to say like in my senior year in high school, I went through a really bad um, breakup. I was with someone all through high school. I was dating um, someone who, you know, was my high school sweetheart, the love of my life at the time. And um, so when we broke up, it really hit me hard. And um you kind of do what every like teenage girl does, you know, you just want to get over it. And, um, but for me, I was never like that. I just kind of, I kind of took my, um, my sadness, my anger, everything out and I put it into sports. So, um, and over, overworking and overdoing things. So I was always in trying to keep my, my mind off of stuff. Um, my home life, my home life was pretty, um, you know, I want to say it was like too rough, but, um, my, my dad is an alcoholic and, um, I, I dealt with that growing up. My parents divorced when I was young and my mom was never really there. She was always just so busy trying to, um, trying to pay the bills for everything. So, um, it was just me and my older siblings pretty much trying to take care of each other. And I was just trying to, um, you know, grow up and do right and get out of there. My other siblings didn't didn't really do the same. Some of them went, went way opposite route. Um, but uh, yeah, so senior year, um, just dealing with all of that um, with my home life and just, you know, like a, a father who was constantly promising, making broken promises to me and never being there, never showing, never going to my games or never being there for anything that I did. And all I really wanted to do is like make my, my family proud, you know? Um, but anyway, going through all that and the breakup and stuff, I really got um, really got down on myself for a while. And um, I was always just having that pressure growing up of like trying to be perfect and trying to do everything and be the best at everything. And um, my mom, even though she wasn't really there, my mom has always been been my biggest supporter, but she's always like pushed me to be the best and pushed me to be like, I have other siblings. I have uh, four other siblings and um, they're older and the older ones didn't really go far. Um, 
just because I didn't have the motivation to, but my mom always saw that I did and she would always push me and push me and push me. But sometimes you can be pushed a little too much to where you're afraid to fail and where you're afraid to disappoint people. But I had this image of myself like that I had to be like this, the best at everything and being down on myself and um, feeling that pressure. I just, I just started feeling like, you know, I started seeing myself differently. So I started, I, I, it took me a long time to, to look back on, you know, where did all this start? How did, how did this, how did my eating disorder start? Where did it stem from? Um, you know, what are my triggers? Like I really had to like dig deep on that. And that took like years, you know, cause it's not something that you just one day you wake up and you're like, Oh, this is what, this is my problem. Um, so, and honestly, I'm still figuring that out, you know, but just when I look back at everything that prior to what made me start, like with the eating disorder, I'll just be straight up. Like I had bulimia. Um, so oftentimes it just be a lot of uh, binging and purging, um, mainly because I was just so focused on being perfect and being, um, looking perfect. And it was starting when I was a kid, I forgot to mention this is I'm, I'm tall, I'm five, nine. And I was always in, like I said, I was always in a sport. So that's all I knew. And I matured a lot faster than everyone my age. And I hated that. So like, you know, I started shaving my legs first and I started you know, wearing a bra first. And, um, I was always so embarrassed by that. Cause it made me, I was already, I already stood out, you know, I was already taller. Like if you could see how tall I am, well, I'm five, nine, you know, but I've been this height since eighth grade. So I've, uh, I was always super tall and everyone used to make fun of me. And, you know, like they'd say, Oh, Sasquatch. And like, I'd walk into class and they'd be like, fee, five, fo, fum, you know, like stupid stuff like that. And like, they would call me like, cause my name's Danielle. And they'd call me like Manuel instead of Danielle. And, and um, stupid kids, but um, yeah. So I dealt with that a lot. And then, um, and then just the family stuff. And in high school, I was very, um, I was tired of it. And I just, I, I had this pressure of like on myself of like being the best. And then I was just kind of like, you know, my, my boyfriend like left me and I felt like I wasn't good enough. And then everyone just, you know, I was just, I was more tomboyish. I was more like quote manly and stuff. So, um, I started looking at myself that way and you know, through all that, it was always just, it was really hard for me because I didn't, my mom wasn't really there. She was constantly working. My, my dad wasn't really around. And, um, the only person that was was my aunt so my aunt was always there for me and she passed away when I was 16 that was just hard because it just happened out of nowhere and her lungs just collapsed one day but anyway so that was hard and I just felt really alone every time I talk about her I cry she was like a parent too it sounds like yeah she was like a a parent yeah she was like a a parent slash like sister slash you know best friend um but yeah so that was hard and then senior year I kind of just started feeling you know like I said I just started looking at myself differently 
and I was just really depressed. And um, also the the boyfriend that I did have in in high school, he broke up with me, thank God. <laughs> but uh, you know, at the time I was like devastated, but um, he was always really like verbally like he put me down a lot. He had a sister that ages me, and he'd always he'd always make me feel like I was inferior to her. He would just you know make comments about other girls in front of me and things like that so it just like really messed with my confidence and I was with him for five years I didn't know how to leave him he's like the only person I like ever knew you know at that time and um all of that just all kind of happened at once so I just started yeah just feeling really down and I, I was just like you know like I would get so depressed and I just started like pretty much starving myself um but as anybody knows, like you can't really starve yourself for long because you just, your body, you know, goes crazy and you start obsessing over food. And then you're just like, you know, I was just like so afraid of, because um, I started losing weight, obviously. And then um, after that, I would just start like obsessing over, you know, how much I weighed and how much I was eating. And I always like, you know, what was I eating? I couldn't eat anything that had high fat in it. I was always afraid to, but then, um, you know, I'm human and I would start getting cravings and stuff. And that's where the binging would come in. Cause I would just like, I would just say, you know, just one bite, like one bite's not going to kill me. But then like when you, when you deprive yourself for that long and you have that one bite, you're like, oh my God, this is good. And then like, you just kind of start, you know, eating and eating. <laughs> and, um, and then it's like this immediate guilt, like, oh my God, what did I just do? Like how many calories is that? Oh my God. And like, how how do I get rid of this and that's where the purging happens so um yeah so I did I think I started in right after I graduated high school doing that and then especially in college it got really bad my freshman year obviously I had a roommate and stuff like I couldn't I couldn't be doing that stuff with a roommate you know there was just no way so I started gaining some weight and I was freaking out and um I, I started just, you know, actually like I would go to the, the dorm has like a bathroom, you know, I was in the dorm my freshman year and, um, I would just like, you know, try to like make myself throw up and stuff in there and actually got walked into one one time. It was awful. But, um, <laughs> side, that was a total side note. That's crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was awful, but, um, after that, I was like, you know, I got to stop doing this. Cause like, I could tell, you know, like my, my lips were always, I had like these, like, cause when you, you know, have your fingers down your throat and stuff, like you get like these like scabs right here on the side of your mouth. And, um, it just looked awful. My teeth were getting all like nasty and stuff. Like my gums were receding. And I was like, oh my God, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so I was like, I need to stop doing this. And I kind of just one, one day I just was like, I really don't want to look like a crazy person because I had my, my face, you know, like I didn't like that at all. It was just like gross. So I, I stopped doing that, but I was still like going crazy about what I was eating. You know, I was just, I was so in the habit of like watching what I was eating and being paranoid about it that I would, I was like, you know, instead of doing this, I'm just going to go work it all off. You know, I'm just going to go run it off. That's pretty much how I would do. Um, I was like, I started just counting everything I ate. Um, I didn't care about 
like carbs or macros. I didn't even know what those were. All I cared about was like calories. And I, I would just think, you know, like, I got to save from fat and I got to watch my calories. So I wouldn't eat anything that was, I would just eat literally like plain vegetables. I didn't eat any protein. I didn't eat really anything outside of vegetables. And um, sometimes I'd dip them in hummus, but it had to be like low fat hummus. And if I, I would like count on my calories and I would, um, I'd make sure I burn everything off. So I would, uh, yeah, I would pretty much just eat 800 calories and make sure that I ran to burn off 800 calories, you know? Um, and that's how I lived every day. And I lost a ton of weight. Um, and you know, I was like, I was happy because in my mind, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm losing weight. I'm like, like, I felt really good about how I looked, but I felt awful on the inside. Like when I, I was like, so happy with what I saw and like fitting in, I had to fit into like extra, extra small clothes. All my roommates that I had in college were really tiny naturally. I'm not naturally tiny. I'm like I said, I'm like five, nine. I was a basketball player. I was really active. So I've always just been more like muscular and, um, um, but I was just obsessed with trying to be tiny like that. And, um, I was just like, how, how much more can I lose? How much more, you know, I remember getting down to like 118 and I, I remember my mom was so like, she saw me when I came back for Thanksgiving break and she was just like, oh my God, you're like, you, you don't look healthy. And everyone thought that about me and everyone was like, oh my God, what happened to Danielle? Um, but like. I felt like I literally slept all the time. I didn't have energy for anything. All I would do is like, I would wake up in the morning and I would run and then I would sleep and I would like, I would go to my classes and all that stuff. And I'd always tell myself, you can't eat until you're done with everything today. And I would literally like starve myself. And um, yeah, I like, I slept all the time. I honestly, like I missed out on so many things. I missed out on all kinds of birthday parties, all kinds of everything. Cause I was just too afraid. One, I was too afraid to consume calories Two, I didn't have the energy to go and be social. And, um, I would rather, you know, sleep. Um, but then, um, I was single this whole time. Okay. So I was like single and I was like, at this time I was like, you know what, like I'm over my ex-boyfriend. I really just want to find, like, I need, I feel lonely. I didn't know anyone in Santa Barbara. I just, I, like, I wanted to find someone, like, I wanted a boyfriend. Um, and there's no surprise here. No one liked me because I was just way, way too skinny. <laughs> um, I was, like, freakishly skinny. I, I can send you pictures. But, um, yeah, and I, I remember just feeling, like, every day I was just living the same day over and over. Like, I was just. I was preoccupying myself with classes and internships and working and stuff and always telling myself like, you can't eat until you're done with X, Y, and Z. You know, you can't eat until class is over. You can't wait until after your internship's done. You can't eat until after this. And um, that's kind of how I lived. And then, um, um, yeah, I just, uh, I never, I mean, I never, had energy you know my my mind was always just really foggy um anyway so one day I was really really depressed I was talking to my brother my little brother 
And I was like, you know, I just, I don't understand why no one like wants to hang out with me or like why no one likes me or, you know, like why I can't find a boyfriend. Like I have so much to offer. Like I'm such a good person. Like I have so much love to give. I'm, I'm a hard worker, you know, like I'm committed and loyal and like, I'm like, I just don't understand what people don't like about me. And he was like, Danielle, like, I'm going to be really honest with you and don't be, don't get mad at me. And coming from my little brother, I was like, okay, what do you got to say? But he was like, it's just because you're too skinny. Like it's, it's not attractive. And he was just straight up. Like, it's not attractive at all. No guy likes you because you're too skinny. And like, um, no one wants to hang out with you because you're too skinny. It's hard to look at you. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, wow. Okay. So that kind of like that hit me, um, really hard. And, uh, after that, I was like, you know, I really need to, need to figure this out, you know? So stopped obsessing like that. Um, I actually like started, I, I was going to church a lot and, um, I would talk to some church people and, there was like this girl, her name was Marion, and I would just talk to her a lot about my disorder and how I felt. And I would just, you know, text her when I needed help. And um, that helped me. But then ultimately what helped me was getting into fitness. So I actually, when I went back home one time, I went to the gym because I stopped running. I was like, I need to stop doing this. I need to like just be, find a way to be healthy. So I started going to the gym and, um, I, back home, one of the trainers there, he knew me since like before high school when I was uh, going in for like conditioning and stuff, but he saw me super skinny and he was like, you know, I'm going to help you out. And, um, he gave me like a meal plan and a weight like a weightlifting program and stuff. And he was like, he's like, we're going to get you into like competing. Cause he knew me. I was always an athlete and stuff. I had that competition and I was a competitor mindset. So, um, he's like, yeah, we're going to start competing, get you into some shows. And, um, pretty much I, uh, started doing that and I did my first show and I loved it. I stopped, I stopped running. I would just do weightlifting but because I was like, I was already lean from all the running that I was doing, all the muscle that I made and put on, I put it on really fast, but I literally did back-to-back shows after that. I was like hooked and I was just doing them. I did them for like two years straight, no off season or nothing. I just kept doing shows back to back to back. And, um, I was always, you know, working out and, um, I put on, I put on some weight, like I went from 118 to like 140. So good, like 20 pounds. Um, and I was feeling good. So I felt like, um, I felt, you know, just, I felt good. I felt like I was alive again. Um, I could think a lot better. Like my motivation came back. I was, um, you know, just super motivated. And, um, after that, I started sharing my story because I, I felt like maybe there's someone else out there that could relate. And, um, once I shared my story, I actually got sponsored by bodybuilding.com. Um, they picked me up and um, I ended up like working with them. They like flew me across the country and I did all these things with them. And 
Um, that was really cool. I made a lot of cool connections there. Um, and after that, I was just like, you know, I, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to help people and I want to talk about my story and, um, you know, how fitness like saved me because I was so, so lost for such a long time. And, um, yeah, at that time I, um, uh, oh, let me, then I also got like into like quest nutrition. So I was working with them for a few years. So I was, yeah, bodymoney.com and I was with Quest Nutrition for a few years and, um, and yeah, I was just making connections, sharing my story. And then I, I did this for a few, yeah, like two years in my, my senior year in college, I, I had a different coach who I just, uh, I just finished one show and he was like, you know, it's time for you to do an off season. Like you haven't done an off season. And, you know, like two years, you need to do an off season. And I was like, you know, that sounds pretty nice, actually. Like, I was like all confident. I felt so good about everything. I was like, um, you know, I, I pretty much like the whole binging and purging thing was just like history to me. I wasn't obsessing over every, like all the calories I was, you know, on my macros and um, a solid workout plan. And I just like, I felt really good. Everything was going great. And then we did off season. And he was like gradually increasing my calories every day. And um, in one month, I gained 40 pounds. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, that was really hard for me because I went to, um, yeah, I got really up there. And having that history that I have, it was just really hard for me to look at the scale and I was trying not to do that but um you know my coach was always like it was just you're putting on so much muscle like don't even worry about it we're about to shut it right off like you have to do this because you can't run on such a low deficit for so long um you know you need the calories we're going to cut down we're going to shed all this fat like you're going to look great for your show you're going to have a ton of muscle okay you know I'm just going to trust trust my coach if there's one thing I can tell you it's always trust yourself before you trust it because you know yourself more than anybody um you know how your body feels how it looks you know like you know it works better for you than anybody else in this world so oh I mean coaches know a lot and it's good to have coach but if they're and you feel in your gut that you should not do it then don't do it but he you know he told me you know this you should be eating this many carbs and doing this and that but every eight carbs I felt sick like I couldn't even function like I just needed to sleep I just felt so out of it and um he was worried about because you haven't eaten carbs in a long time like it'll it'll pass just give like a, like a couple of weeks it'll go back to normal never went back to normal um yeah and like I said I gained like 40 pounds and it was just really hard for me to wrap my head around and we started cutting back right I started cutting again getting ready for another show I couldn't lose a single pound and I was um I was doing everything right. I was cutting back down the calories. I was doing cardio again, everything I was supposed to be doing. And the scale, if it moved, I would just gain weight. And that was it. And I was like, okay, what? Like, I was like freaking out. So I, I thought I was like stuck like that. You know, and I was not comfortable at all with how I felt. It was a massive change for me, you know, gaining that much weight that fast. And, um, 
then after that, obviously I was like, you know what, I'm going to find another coach on another coach, multiple, actually, I worked with a few for like at least six months, still couldn't lose weight. And I, they would just tell me, you know, you just need to cut back. We need to do this and you do that. Like, and nothing would help. Like I'd maybe lose a couple pounds and then be right back the next day. Also my, my period was always super irregular. Um, it was always irregular growing up because I was an athlete, but it always came. And then, um, in college, once that started happening, like I, I would never have a period. And, um, I was just like, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me. But one, you know, I have one coach and be like, well, you're not eating enough. Like you're eating too little. You need to boost it up. And then another one would be like, well, no, you just need to be aggressive on it. And it's just like, you know, they all would just say all these different conflicting things. And, um, I didn't know what to do anymore. I was losing my mind and I was throwing money left and right at coaches to help me out. And, um, and not to bash on coaches or anything, but a lot of them are great. But, um, when, anyway, I finally was like, I think I just needed to go to the doctor because I don't understand what's wrong with me. There's gotta be something wrong with me. So I went to the doctor, told them everything. They're like, okay, let's do some blood work. I did blood work. Everything's normal. Everything looks good, Danielle. Your cholesterol's a little high. I was like, how's my cholesterol high? I eat like all I eat is vegetables and chicken and rice. <laughs> I don't understand how my, my cholesterol's high. Um, but they just said, like, oh, and you're like, you're just dehydrated, like, but everything's fine. And I was like, no, everything's not fine. Like, you don't understand. And while I was there, they're like, oh, you know, um, would you like to get on birth control, this and that? And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I'll get on birth control. Um, because insurance had just started back up. So I was like, here, why not? I'm getting on birth control to help regulate my period. Because that's every doctor is like that, you know, you need to have a period. So they were like, just to regulate your period, let's get you on, you know, whatever. So I did that and I was having serious like side effects to it. Like my anxiety was like through the roof every single day. And it was so bad. Like my vision would like go black. Like it would just tunnel vision. And I was like, when I was driving sometimes, it'd freak me out. So they were like, you know, let's actually, let's get you over to a gynecologist. They can recommend like what, uh, what birth control is like best for you. So now when I was there, I started just telling them, just talking to gynecologists about how I was feeling, my symptoms, um, you know, they were trying to figure out how, what birth control is right for me. So telling them, you know, like pretty much my whole history of everything. And um, they're like, wow. It sounds a lot like you have polycystic ovary syndrome. And I was like, what? And um, like, let me actually, let me, let's do a sonogram and, you know, we'll just see if your, your ovaries have cysts on them. And so they, they did a sonogram and they were like, yep, like your ovaries look like chocolate chip cookies. There's cysts all over them. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? Like I freaked out. I was like, am I going to need surgery? Like, what's wrong with me? Are they removable? Are they going to be there forever? What is that? You're like I was freaking out. And, um, they were like, no, like you could have surgery, but it's not recommended. Like, um, typically all the, the symptoms will go away with like a good birth control. So they, they recommended, you know, like the new rings. It was like a good, um, balance of progesterone and, um whatever the other one is I forget what it was called um so I was on that for a while 
I didn't really see much of a difference. I was just like, I was happy to know that I, I knew it was wrong with me because I tried for so long. It took me, before I finally figured that out, I probably was searching for like a year and a half and it was all I thought about because I mean, it, it affected everything in my life. I, every day I felt tired. I felt unmotivated. I felt depressed. I felt like nothing I did mattered. I didn't matter to anybody. I, I didn't want to do anything. It was hard for me to get up in the morning, you know, like I didn't want to work. I didn't want to do anything. And I was constantly pushing myself. Like every day it was like a battle, a mental battle with myself. Like just do your work, Danielle. Like just get up, do your work, and then just get it over with. You know, just go to the gym. You need to go to the gym. But I'd be like, why am I going? I just feel like I can't even lose weight. I'm killing myself. I was doing cardio like all the time. I was like working out in hoodies and sweats and everything, trying to, you know, trying to sweat off the pounds and um, nothing would work. So I was just mentally and emotionally exhausted for like a year and a half straight. And um, yeah, so when I found that out, I, I cried and I was like, I can't even, I was so, I was so happy. I was like, I finally know what's wrong with me. And like this birth control is going to fix it. You know, so I was like, yay. And then nothing happened. And um, the birth control regulated my period. And it helped a little bit with some of the symptoms, but it didn't help much at all. And finally, I was like, all right, like I did a lot of research on polycystic ovary syndrome, like tons. And um, I was surprised to see how many different types of PCOS there are. Because there's, um, you know, there's like adrenaline fatigue and um, there's insulin resistance, there's inflammation and there's like cystic. So it's just like basic. There's so many different types. And I was like, how do you know which type you are? You know? So I was just reading into all of them and I was like, you know, most of them all across the board was like, you know, you just need to eat gluten and dairy free and cut out inflammatory foods. So just stay gluten and dairy free, watch your caffeine intake because caffeine pumps your adrenaline glands and it's bad for PCOS. So I cut out coffee completely. I did tea, which I'm drinking right now. Do lots of tea, green tea. It does have this, enough other properties in it, like L-theanine and stuff that actually like balance out the side effects of caffeine. So it's actually, it's fine to drink if you have PCOS. Anyway, so I cut out gluten, I cut out dairy and I lost like 10 pounds instantly. And I was like, wow, like this is, this is it. <laughs> this is, this is the way after that. And I was like frustrated, you know, I'm going somewhere, but I just need to figure out how to keep the scale going down and how to get my body back to normal. And, uh, yeah, so just kept doing research. Um, I did hire a coach again to help me out with working out because I felt like I was doing way too much cardio after reading on PCOS, stress is bad for your hormones and for your overall you know, being as a woman. So doing high intensity stuff all the time, doing running, like running all the time, because it's really head, like hard on your joints and your body. And, you know, doing that all the time really pumps your stress and that gets all your hormones out of whack and it causes, you know, inflammation and pump, like get your androgens going, which, you know, that causes acne. Some girls get hair loss, um, weight gain, all kinds of things. So I was like, I'm probably just doing too much, too much. Like I need to scale it back. So I hired a coach to help me with that. And that helped. Um, I was, I wasn't doing as much cardio. I cut back on cardio, um, pretty much to nothing. I gradually decreased it like very, very like minimally to where, cause I, the whole point was not to gain weight. 
you know? So it was like every week I would cut it back a little bit more and a little bit more and increase my calories a little bit more and a little bit more. And then I ended up losing another 10 pounds because of that, because I was just cutting down on the level of activity I was doing. And, um, but I was still, you know, eating things here and there. Like I wasn't super strict. Like I'd be like, you know, one, one day I want some sushi. I'm going to go get some sushi, you know, or I'm like, you know, one little cracker is not going to kill me, even though there's gluten in it, you know? So I wasn't being super strict on the diet part. I was just trying to, you know, be happy and stuff. So after that, COVID happened. <laughs> so I was like, well, great. I don't have a gym anymore. And um, I was just trying to figure, you know, figure out what I was going to do. And actually, I'm really grateful that COVID happened because I, it gave me the opportunity to learn a lot. You know, I was, I was working from home now. So I was able to, you know, just figure out more about polycystic ovary syndrome and how, what I need to be doing. Like I was pretty much coaching myself because I couldn't afford a coach at that point anymore. There was no point in a coach when there was no gym anyway. So it was like, I just, I was like, let's put this on hold. And I just started researching a ton and, you know, learning about like high intensity workouts, like how, how are like, how's hit, how does that affect your body? How does um, slow, steady, you know, workouts affect your body? How, how do different, you know, um, like, should you be keto? Should you be low carb? Should you be carb cycle? Should you not even care? Should you be whatever, you know? <laughs> um, and so I just started doing a lot about like learning a lot about that and everyone's different. So, um, you really just have to like fine tweak everything, but I can tell you right now that the biggest, the biggest success I saw was when I cut out first gluten and dairy completely committed to it, like hundred percent. And then cutting out sugar. I don't eat any sugar. I eat like natural sugar from like berries. Everything I eat is very low sugar. So I don't eat like high sugar stuff. Like, unfortunately it sucked for a while. Like I love watermelon to death, but you, one cup of it has like 26 grams of sugar or something crazy. So it's like, I would just eat low sugar fruits like berries and, um, yeah, I can have, I would pretty much just tell myself, stay under 25 grams of sugar. It's pretty much what I'd say. I like, tell myself, I wasn't counting really anything anymore. I would just eat whenever I was hungry, but I was eating more fats, um, more high quality fats and watching the carbs, like cutting down gluten, you know, that cuts out a lot of carbs as it is, but I don't, I don't, I still, to this day, I don't really count carbs. I just, when I do have a carb, I always pair it with a healthy fat and a protein because it helps balance the blood sugar spike. So that's another thing with PCOS is like insulin resistance. So a lot of girls who have PCOS have really high um, insulin levels. Like my uh, sister-in-law actually has PCOS. She, yeah, so she has the insulin type. And anyway, when you eat things that are high in sugar, it spikes your insulin. And our bodies with PCOS just do not break it down the same way. So that's, you know, all the other symptoms, weight gain, the lack of periods, all that. And um, anyway, so started watching my insulin, started just cutting out inflammatory foods. And I saw a huge, like I, I dropped another 10 pounds from that because I was just focused on eating healthy fat. Like I would just for breakfast, for example, I'd eat like eggs with Trader Joe's have some really awesome sausages that don't have any sugar in it. That's the thing about this is like, you really have to watch out because everything has dextrose or sugar, sugar alcohols. 
the only sugar alcohol that I have is like erythritol. And then I have monk fruit, but like I'll have stevia and that's it. I don't do anything else because the other one's pretty much like spike your blood sugar. Oh, I'll do. I do have allulose sometimes. So staying under 25 grams of sugar from natural things and then gluten-free, dairy-free, cutting out other inflammatory foods. And that was like a huge success for lunch. I'll have a salad with um, mayo, you know, like as a dressing that's like a avocado oil or like coconut oil, like base dressings or things like that. And I'll just have, you know, like chicken, ground turkey, ground beef, steak, you know, whatever, but just make sure that it's, um, you know, organic as much as you can, just because the added, you know, you don't want to have all those added hormones and all that. But yeah, that made a huge, huge difference for me. And it wasn't just weight, like it was like mental clarity. It was everything, um, motivation, you know, and obviously like I, I did get off birth control actually like a year ago because I found. I, I started eating this way about a year ago and I've actually found that birth control. It's, it is a recommended way to quote, cure your symptoms of PCOS. That's why doctors always recommend it, but it's, it's not, it's not a cure. It's more like a bandaid. It, it stops the symptoms, but as soon as you get off of it, it just, they all just come right back. So it's, it's not like I would never recommend any kind of birth control going. I mean, unless it's like a non-hormonal one, just because it's it's not really gonna do anything. It's it's uh it just it's a band-aid, like I said, unless you're planning on being on it forever. Um, it might help you, but like for in my case, like I, I wanna have kids someday, I'm not gonna be on it forever. And I, I hate the way it makes me feel. So I just wanted to solve PCOS. I didn't wanna just, you know, put a band-aid on it and just mask the symptoms you know I just wanted them gone um so that's why I started eating this way I started like researching the best diets and um how to eat and this and that and um yeah so that um helped me tremendously and I also started learning about gut health just because a lot of people with PCOS have gut health problems and um what I mean by that is you actually, by eating certain things like, like sugar, like a lot of carbs, um, where you have like those dietary trends, it actually causes little holes in your intestine lining. So when you eat things, the toxins from those foods go through those little holes, as weird as the sound, it's actually it's true. Um, it goes through those little holes into your bloodstream and it causes all kinds of inflammation throughout your body. And a, a huge thing that causes PCOS is inflammation. And they're linked hand in hand. So if you're just eating whatever, you have PCOS, you're most likely going to have a gut health problem um, or you most likely already do. It's hard to get a test to tell if you have gut health problems unless you want to spend like hundreds of dollars on it. But what I did and what I recommend doing is just testing yourself by cutting out certain foods or adding things into your diet to see if it helps you. Like for me, I started taking a probiotic, a prebiotic, and I started taking like zinc and glutamine and stuff to help with, because zinc and glutamine are really good, like re, uh, they have really good, like uh, they restore your everything, like your gut health, like your gut lining, your joints, they're really good for your skin, all kinds of things. So that really helped a lot. Um, and another thing that I'll mention too, is if you ever notice, like if you are the type that gets bloated all the time. I was always bloated. I was always 
like literally everything I ate would make me blow it up like a balloon. And um, that was another thing. I was like, something's not right. Like, why can I feel like I can't digest things properly because I'm always bloated. So yeah, I started taking just probiotic, prebiotic, digestive enzymes, zinc, glutamine, and that helps a lot with the bloating and stuff. And it really does, it helps, you know, your body just break everything down a lot smoother. And then when you're eating things that are good for your gut too, it's like a, you know, double good for your body. So um, that helped out a lot. And um, anyway, so I started, I started really committing to that. I was feeling amazing. I was, you know, like, this is like, this is going to lose weight. But then I started just like, it was like every time I would go through my cycle, I, I felt something like I was just struggling. And I still, I mean, I always felt this way. I always felt like it was a, it was a little bit harder for me ever since I was like diagnosed with PCOS, it was harder for me to like stay motivated throughout the day. You know, I always had kind of like mood swings and stuff, like just energy swings. And, um, I was like, you know, something, um, you know, just, I feel like my hormones are out of whack, you know, like, but I know I'm eating right. I know I'm doing the right things. I'm losing, I lost weight, but I, I stopped losing weight. I hit like a plateau, couldn't lose anymore. Um, and, but my hormones still felt, you know, out of whack. And my, my period was pretty regular. Again, it was coming at least, you know, once a month, sometimes every six weeks. Um, so it started coming back and I'm, I'm, I know I'm on the right track, but I still felt very hormonal and, Again, every woman is different. Every woman knows their body a lot more. But with PCOS, if you feel um, like for me in particular, I felt like I had too much testosterone or something. Like I just felt like I looked a little bit more manly, like in my shoulders and, you know, like my neck and stuff. And it's not all the time, but it's during certain phases in my cycle. I'll notice my symptoms will flare up again. I'll notice acne will start coming, you know, hair will start you know, growing in places like on my face or hair will start falling out of my head or, you know, but it's like, I'm eating right, but I'm still every now and then my symptoms will flare up out of nowhere. So I went back to the doctor and I just wanted to get my hormones and everything tested again. And they said, you're fine. Everything's fine. And I was like, this just, I just don't understand how everything's fine. I know nothing. I know that there's something that's not right. I started seeing a functional medicine doctor because a lot of people with PCOS recommended it to me. I'm actually part of some Facebook groups for PCOS and they said a functional medicine doctor like changed their life. And I was like, oh my God, I need this. So I went to like a holistic one and it helped. I pretty much just, you know, doing it holistically, she recommended me just get my stress under control because I, I work a lot. Um, I have a, a lot that I do and I'm, I've been a go, go, go person ever since I can remember. So over time, that's going to do some, you know, damage to your body. And um, so I just started meditating more, started doing deep breathing and practicing mindful eating, you know, just things like that. And that, that did help. Um, I still do that. I don't see that functional medicine doctor anymore, but I still do that stuff just because it, it does help a lot. And I recommend meditation. I've been told that for years and it took me years to finally do it just 10 minutes of your day, like will change everything. It's just throw on, on whatever you listen to Spotify, whatever it is, 
just put on some guided meditation for 10 minutes and do some deep breathing and just really get in tune with your body. And it relieves your stress like no other. And it helps your sleep. It helps. I mean, your body is smarter than you think. And um, when your mind is connected to your body like that, you're able to, you know, it's, it's just relieving that stress and just, you'll get farther um, when you're in a state where like your mind and your body are flowing at the same pace and your energy is flowing through your body. I don't mean to sound too like hippie, but. No, I, I totally, yeah, I, I believe that too. I a hundred percent believe that. Yeah, no, I'm totally into. Yeah. It's helped a lot. Yeah. No. So here's my question because PCOS, it's interesting because you mentioned the typical signs that people have, um, typical symptoms, I'm sorry, which is like hair growth in places you don't want it to be, um, loss of hair, acne, weight gain. Are those symptoms that everyone with PCOS has or just some types? A lot of the symptoms are very common amongst almost everyone with PCOS. Some people don't have symptoms at all. Some people just have irregular reads and then they get diagnosed with it. Some people have it really they get sores on their I mean like everyone gets bruises here and there but some girls get like bad bruises um you know all over their body or they'll get I mean really bad bad acne everyone differs and like I said there are different types of PCOS so each symptom for each type is a little bit different but they all kind of they all kind of are the same um the most typical ones are like the ones that I mentioned not everyone has hair growth um, some do. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, the exact symptoms, um, for each different, um, different type of PCOS, but, um, yeah, they're pretty much all the same. I mean, there's minor differences besides like, if you have adrenaline fatigue type of PCOS, like, um, you're going to experience a lot more anxiety. Um, you're going to experience a lot more, you know, issues with sleeping and things like that. And then, you know, insulin resistance is like, you'll have the weight gain, you'll have the, like the acne, um, inflammation, but they're all, they're all pretty much the same besides like one will have something else, like a little bit different. Um, but yeah, they're all pretty much the same across the board. You mentioned different types of, I guess, holistic and more natural ways of, of taking care of the symptoms, um, of the inflammation. Mm -hmm. So do those does that help like all different types of PCOS as well? Cause I remember like, I, I have been following some people with, with PCOS on Instagram and, and they always talk about people tell them to like cut out gluten, like kind of like what you were saying and that for them, it didn't work for them. But I'm just curious to know if that's approved. Like it's cool. It's great, great that it's working for you. But um, is that like, has that been proven to help right. like, most cases? Yeah. So with the reason why they recommend cutting out gluten is because gluten is an inflammatory and a lot of people with PCOS have inflammation issues. So if, if someone doesn't have to cut out, they have cut out gluten and didn't do anything to them, they most likely don't have inflammatory type of PCOS. Um, so they probably can't eat it. Most people, I mean, some people don't even have to cut out dairy. Um, some people eat it and they're fine, but most see a lot of um, progress when they cut out gluten and dairy together. Um, just because of the inflammation aspect of it all. Um, and then as far as like other holistic, like I, I chose a holistic route for a couple of reasons. One, because like when you have PCOS and you go to your doctor, 
Um, they'll only recommend medication if you're, you know, like really, really, you know, overweight or struggling, or you're trying to have a kid. I wasn't any of those. I mean, I was, I wasn't, I mean, I was like bigger, but I wasn't like seriously, you know, overweight and I wasn't trying to have a kid. So they weren't going to give me any kind of medication and the medication that they do give is typically metformin and clomid to help. Um, metformin is just like a, it helps with your blood sugar. So I chose holistically just because I, I'm afraid, I'm personally afraid to take certain medicines um, just because I, I feel it's kind of like an anxiety thing that I get um, where I just, I'm afraid of how that medication is going to make me feel. So I would just rather do it naturally. Plus naturally, I mean, I always recommend doing it naturally, but um, yeah. So as far as PCOS, I mean, those, I mean, those tips definitely helped doing those certain things. I went to the doctor to get the, my hormones tested again, just to see, you know, if things were normal um, just cause my, I did have those weird spikes here and there of, um, just my symptoms. And, um, anyway, yeah, they kept telling me, you know, everything's normal, this and that my functional medicine doctor, I was doing the stress and, you know, I felt better, but got tested again. And my, my normal, my hormones are normal, everything, but I was like, I just don't understand like how I can't lose any, any more weight. And I'm not trying to, you know, say that, you know, I'm trying to be super skinny or anything. I was just trying to get back to where I was before PCOS happened. Cause like I went to, I went from when I was competing, I was like a 140 and I, I went up to like 185 and then that was just a huge jump for me. So I was just trying to get back to like a, a happy middle, something that's healthy and like, you know, this makes me feel good. And, um, um, yeah, so then, um, along my path, I actually, like I said, like working for companies and stuff, I actually met someone who has, um, hormone issues, not PCOS, but they had hormone issues. And I, I just asked her, you know, what do you do? Um, that's another thing I recommend is asking other people, you know, their experience. Like I, like I said, I'm part of some Facebook groups and they're all very helpful. Um, as far as, you know, just giving you tips and letting you know, um, you know, what they did and uh, what they recommend and things like that. Um, so this girl, she was, she told me, she's like, you know, I actually, um, I went to the doctor too. And I talked to multiple doctors and they said the same thing, you know, everything's fine, but I knew I didn't feel fine. So I actually just, I found a doctor that would help me. So that's what I did. I went to her doctor and they ran some like big tests. I told my, my primary care to, you know, here's the test I need ran and they, they wouldn't like, you know, you want certain things to be tested when you have PCOS. They'll, they'll test your estrogen, your estradiol, your progesterone, your thyroid stimulating hormone, your luteinizing hormone. They'll test all these things, but you, they don't go deep into it. They'll just kind of do the overview um, this other doctor really tested like everything, all kinds of deficiencies, everything. And um, so through that, I actually found out that I had hypothyroidism, which means my, my thyroid is underactive. So there's a typical range for your thyroid. It's like 80 to 
I think it's like 170 something. So 80 is like a low thyroid. And when you're up in like 170, it's high, which hyperactive means like you like you probably just dropped a ton of weight and you're like, whoa, why am I losing so much weight so rapidly? Hypothyroid is like you're sluggish, you're tired all the time, weight gain, um, pretty much everything I was feeling. But I just never knew. I had my thyroid tested a million times and they said, oh, it's perfectly fine. But they never tested. There's different components of your thyroid. Your primary care physician will most likely test your thyroid stimulating hormone. And they'll test that. And if it's normal, they won't test anything else. But your thyroid stimulating hormone actually consists of all different components. And typically the T3 and the T4 are the most important for your body's energy and how it functions. So when they test those, there's a range, like I said, the low and the high. And um, like I said, the low was at 80 and mine was at a 50. And I don't know how long it's been at low. I don't know when that even started. I don't know how it started. My assumption is just eating really low calorie and depriving myself for that long and pushing myself all the time um, to pull energy out of nowhere. You know, when you're not, that's what calories are for. It's for energy. And when you're not eating enough and you're competing and you're, you're constantly going to the gym and you're, you know, just telling yourself just 10 more minutes on the cardio machine, you can do this, you can do this. Like that's, there's a point where that's good. And there's a point where that's really, really bad. So, you know, I, I, I always see this on people on Instagram, you know, like all these motivational people that are like, you know, you can do like, um, you know, I actually just saw one. It was like, when your legs stop running, like you start running with your heart or something like that. And I was thinking like, yeah, that's true. But then like, in my case, you know, that's not true. Cause like I can be running with my heart for as long as I want, but my, my mind and my body physically can't keep up. Like, because I'm pushing it to like this extreme. And that's when, like, I think that's what caused, you know, my thyroid to take such a hit because your, your T3 and your T4 are like, the fuel that gets your body going and it's like connected to your pituitary gland and your head and your those all your glands are connected so all of them you know control the function of your body and when your t3 and your t4 are super low like that nothing is flowing at all and um she actually told me she's like you know your your thyroid's so low that i think that's what's causing most of your pcos symptoms um because you're other, you know, with your T3 and T4 being so low, your other components of your body are trying to overcompensate for what your thyroid isn't doing. So, um, and then caught me mentally trying to push myself every day to do this and do that and go here and run this many miles and, you know, work out this hard. And, um, it was just taking a huge hit. So yeah, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and the best thing is that there is a way to cure it. Um, and it's just, you know, medication pretty much. Um, I haven't done, I mean, holistically you can, I, it's pretty much the same guidelines as, um, as PCOS. It's very similar. Um, I would say the only thing that hypothyroidism that they recommend is something that's different is, um, eating a lot more omega-3s and cutting out lectins and lectins are um things like beans and like legumes and things like that because lectins are bad for 
for your gut. And um, yeah, so very similar diet. So gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, um, gluten, especially for thyroids, um, gluten and sugar. Um, that's what she was telling me was that's why I saw a drop when I cut up, cut those out because those are so bad on your thyroid and alcohol is really bad. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I don't really drink that much anyway, but you know, like when you want your birthday drink or whatever, you'd really got to watch it. Um, so yeah, um, they're very similar holistically. I would just, um, you know, like I, I would recommend if, if you think you have a thyroid issue, I always thought I did have one. And I asked my doctor a million times to test it. And they always just said, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Just, you have to be demanding and you have to tell them like, I want my T3 and my T4 tested. Like they'll always test your thyroid stimulating hormone and that could show up as normal, but um, they have to test the other components. And if you have PCOS and you know, you're doing everything holistically and right. And you really just want, you know, some more like clarification and you want to know more, like just have everything tested. You have to be, have your insulin, like your glucose, they'll test your, um, AC, but tell them to test your, your fasting glucose and tell them to test your vitamin D, your vitamin B and, um, you know, all your other hormones too, um, your estrogen, your testosterone, free testosterone and a, cause that, that, cause if your insulin is normal, you don't typically, you won't have insulin resistance type of PCOS. If you, if it does come back that you have super high testosterone or, you know, estrogen or whatever, then you'll know, you know, how to eat or how, how, what things to cut back or add in or, you know, whatever you need. And then you can also have them test your, your cortisol, which is like your stress hormones. They'll test, you know, how those are active and, you know, what's going on there to see if your, if your cortisol is high and typically a lot with like PCOS, you will have some type of stress. This all will typically be high or it might be normal. Yeah. So highly recommend just telling them, you know, like straight up, I want all these things tested. I'm like test everything else. That's fine too. But this is like the core that I need tested. And, um, luckily there's supplements. If you have a vitamin D deficiency, that actually vitamin D, you, you think it's just a vitamin. It's not, it's actually a, it's a type of hormone. Um, it affects your mood. It affects everything. So if your vitamin D is low, you'll feel depressed. It literally, there's a reason why the sun makes us so happy. Being outside makes us happy is because that vitamin D literally makes you feel better. Vitamin B too, is just everything for reproductive system, your energy, everything. And there's luckily there's supplements that you can just buy at, you know, store and, as far as those go, I just, uh, vitamin D, I will recommend the vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. So if you look in the ingredients, you'll see, it'll say like vitamin D inside. If it's a capsule, it'll say like veggie capsule or whatever. If there's not any type of fat in there, your body's actually not gonna, gonna absorb it the way that it needs to. So if you're looking at a vitamin D, just make sure that there is like a coconut oil in there, or like an olive oil or something if there's not then um your body's not going to absorb it or use it the way that it needs to you'll pretty much um if you want to buy a vitamin or you have one that doesn't have a fat in it like that you can just literally like what i do is i'll just take a my vitamin d capsule 
I'll put it on a spoon with some coconut oil and I'll just take it like that and it absorbs just as fine. Um, and then there's, um, yeah. Um, so you just have to make sure that you know what type of types of vitamins because they all absorb differently. But um, vitamin B as well. Um, there's all types of vitamin Bs out there. Just make sure that, you know, you're taking like your, just all of them as much as you do. Like, you know, all the ones, because there's vitamins like B6, B12, all of that. Just just take them all because it's really good for for your energy levels, for your hormones. And then for inflammation, I actually started taking turmeric um, with curcumin because curcumin is what actually is the anti-inflammatory part of turmeric. So if you're just taking random turmeric, it's probably not going to do as much for you as like a curcumin would. So definitely recommend taking a a turmeric with curcumin in it because that will help with inflammation of your joints. It'll help with an inflammation. I don't just mean, you know, like, oh, like my knees feel sore or whatever. It literally helps with like bloating, helps with that, like, you know, like that bloating all over, like in your face and your arms and your fingers and your face, like everywhere. And then it also helps restore your gut health too. And then um, also for PCOS, number one recommended supplement is uh, inositol. There's a myo and D-chiro inositol. And those are really good for just overall like energy, um, helps regulate your, your blood sugar levels, helps regulate like your hormones, happy mood, everything. So yeah, you can get a blend of that um, myo and D-chiro. Um, you don't need to spend a ton of money. There's some brands and there's some brands you'll see that are like $80 and stuff. You don't need to buy that. There's literally like a $20 one. That's just as good. And, um, it, I've been using it forever and it's like the number one, the number one supplement I'll ever take is because it actually helps that much. And all these are natural too, by the way, they're not like, you know, some crazy made in a lab, like full of added stuff. It's, it's all like natural, just vitamins. Those are like the top ones. I would also, you know, if you're not getting enough, if you're not eating enough like salmon and things like that, getting an omega-3 um, really helps out as well. And what else? Oh, prebiotic, probiotic. Because you can have a probiotic, but you definitely want your prebiotic in there too. Those are really good. And if you do feel stressed all the time, I I can't even tell you enough like how much meditation has helped me, but definitely meditate. There's also... Um, some really good, like stress relieving, um, natural you know, supplements that you can take. There's one actually called NeuroCom that I take. That's, um, it's like a blend of just L-theanine. And like I said, L-theanine is found in like green tea. And so it was just a natural, like stress reliever. Um, and has like some other like chamomile and things like that in there that it just, it doesn't make you feel any type of way. It just, naturally let your body like slowly calm down um and that will help a lot with like just overall stress and um yeah those are like the top top things like I would recommend as supplements if you you know you are doing holistic um you're doing the holistic route and you're hitting like a a plateau or you just need extra a little extra boost or you know just something um supplements are always you know they are good right yeah no that's really cool very helpful is there anything else that you think is important for women with PCOS to know or even for the people who have women in their lives with PCOS how to support them yes absolutely so PCOS you have to you have that you're not stuck this way for one thing 
there, there is a way to get everything better. Um, you might not, you know, rid of it completely, but it'll help a lot. Another thing that I constantly have to remind myself because you're a woman, you have a cycle, you're going to feel hormonal, you're going to go through ups and downs, you're going to gain a little weight during your cycle, you're gonna, you know, you're going to have these symptoms flare up every now and then you have to remind yourself that it's going to pass. There's no need to, you know, beat yourself up or feel down about yourself um, or feel lost or feel like, you know, you're, you're never going to be what you want to be or look how you're going to look or, you know, you, um, you just, you know, you look more manly or you don't have your hair is falling out or whatever the case may be. Um, one, you're not stuck that way. And if your symptoms do flare up, it's not like that forever. They can go back down. You just have to stay consistent. Stay consistent with what you what you eat. You can't lose motivation. Um, because I, I know it gets hard. It gets really, it gets really hard, you know, like when you it was really hard for me to say, you know, I can't eat gluten ever again. I can't have sugar ever again. I can't like what? Like this is really hard for me, you know. And that's that's hard to wrap your head around, but you can't think of it as like, I'm never gonna have this again. You just have to think of it as, you know, I one day at a time today, I'm not gonna, I'm committing, I'm not gonna have coffee. I'm gonna have tea instead. Today, I'm, I'm not gonna have sugar. I'm gonna just stick to stevia or monk fruit and whatever. Do little baby steps and don't overwhelm yourself. You have to take it as a gradual thing. And when you're, you know, but don't take it too slow at the same time to where you're, you know, just putting it off. But, um, you know, it, it will help you tremendously. I can't even, tell you how much like it's changed my life just just the simple like the simple tips that I made with my eating helped me so much and that in itself just getting my motivation back and not feeling depressed every single day you know I I, like when you feel depressed you kind of get like this downward spiral where you're just like you just feel depressed about everything you don't have any motivation but literally just changing your diet can help with that so much. And just that in itself, like that was enough motivation for me to like stick to my diet because it was like, there's what I told myself was like, you know what, there's alternatives to everything. Like I don't need to have bread when I can have almond flour bread, you know, like I don't need to have, um, like milk. I can have almond milk. There's alternatives to almost everything nowadays. And you're not depriving, you know, you're not giving it up completely. Um, so I would just, you know, just stay committed, stay hopeful, remind yourself, you know, that every day when you do have a symptom flare up or you feel down in the dumps or whatever, it's, it'll pass. Just give it a day, take some deep breaths, go for a walk. I can't tell you how many, how much walks have helped clear my head. Um, and then, you know, if you do have a day where it's a birthday and you eat a cake or something like don't kill yourself over it. We're human now. We have, we want to enjoy things like that. You know, like you, you don't have to beat yourself up. Just get right back on the horse the next day, you know, and just, just keep going. And then for people in their family that have PCOS, this is something that I highly, highly recommend because I, I mean, I know how much it would make a huge difference for me is if you have someone in your family that has PCOS, you just have to stay patient with them. Um, you have to be there for them. You have to, you know, show compassion and listen to them and like, let them talk to you about 
their symptoms, ask them, you know, how they're feeling, or if they feel irritable, if they seem irritable, it's probably because of PCOS. Um, it sucks. It sucks being, you know, having someone with PCOS, or even if you are dating someone that has PCOS, you just have to be understanding because every day, you know, like they're not going to wake up every day and be the happiest person in the world. Like, you know, that takes, that takes time. They have to get their PCOS to started to reverse before it gets to that point. And you just have to encourage them, you know, motivate them, be their rock. Um, maybe try going gluten and dairy free with them, make it easier. Um, you know, just and hearing them out. A lot of girls with PCOS will get depression because they feel like they have no one that understands them and no one that can relate because, you know, it's like you feel stuck in your head all the time and you just feel, you know, like I don't have anybody to talk to because no one's going to understand. I'm just going to sound crazy. And, you know, like you, like I, I know everyone, everyone's gonna, you know, they're different and everyone knows their own body. But like for me, um, I know when I'm just irritable and I know it's not like I'm in a bad mood. I didn't, you know, like, I just know I'm just being irritable. And it's like, I'm in this funky mental like mindset where I just, I'm just irritable. And I know it's hormonal. And you just have to remind, like, you know, that if you have PCOS, you have to remind yourself, like that will pass. If you're with someone or have someone in your family, that's like that. You just have to be like, you know, give them a hug, you know, like rub their shoulders do something, just help them, you know, calm down to say, Hey, like take a couple deep breaths, you know, it's fine. Or what do you need help with? Or, you know, cause people with PCOS, like we, we tend to get overwhelmed and stressed out way more than normal, especially during our cycles, because it's like our, our, everything just skyrockets and it's like this, yeah, it's a tornado. So I would, yeah, highly recommend just be there when they need to talk to you, be there when they're irritated, don't, you know, don't gaslight it. Just try to be, be patient. And that's what, that's what's hard. And I am part of, like I said, Facebook groups where we, all these girls talk about this. Like, I don't know, like my, my boyfriend's like, he can't handle me. And, you know, or, you know, my, my mom, all we do is argue because like, you know, she just doesn't understand or this and that. And it's like, you just, you have to just really be patient. Like you have to think, you know, they're, they're, it's actually something that they have that's like going on with them, you know, just like any other kind of, it's not really a disease anymore. They classified it as a syndrome, but that's my, my top, top um, advice. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. So you mentioned Facebook groups. Are there any other resources for women with PCOS? Yeah, there is one that actually helped me tremendously. There's this, there's this group called Smart Fertility Choices. As weird as that sounds, actually for women with PCOS, because when I first found it, I was like, I actually found it years ago, but I was like, I don't want to have a kid right now. I don't need this. <laughs> but I was doing my research, but then I came across it again and I'm all about PCOS. And um, I mean, it's all loads of information and it's just this woman who she started this years ago who, you know, she's like a, like a certified health coach and um, nutritionist and this and that. She has PCOS. And she suffered with infertility for years and she was told she's never going to have a kid again. Then she started, you know, eating right for her piece, a PCOS and all this and that. And uh, now she, you know, has a kid and she's like reversed her symptoms. And she shares all these success stories of all these girls that who've seen success just following the guidelines that I just mentioned earlier. That's pretty much all the diet it is, is just low sugar, 
no carb, like mediocre carbs, and then no caffeine, dairy-free, and just trying to stay with some inflammatory foods. And so that smartfertilitychoices.com is the number one thing that's helped me out. And then with that, like, that's how I found all the Facebook groups. I mean, I literally have all my stuff is from that page. Like all the things that I eat, all the things that I make is all from her recipe book. And it's all free. That's the best part. It's literally free. You just give it the email and you get all the stuff sent to you. And if you want like personal one-on-one advice and coaching from her, it's, you know, then you can pay for it. But I never did that. I just followed the guideline and I joined the Facebook group. And so highly, highly, highly recommend, recommend that one. That sounds great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Okay. It's really cool how you've helped yourself through really educating yourself to, you know, but to, to be on the path to healing or at least not feel the way you used to feel like feel better, you know? Yeah. I know sometimes I look back and I'm just like, I don't even know because feeling a, feeling so down like that all the time it was literally like I was at a super super low point for a long time and I mean I didn't want to do anything I'm just like I don't know I am yeah it amazes me sometimes looking back and just like how I was like you know I'm so miserable with my life but I still was like I'm gonna fix it like I'm not gonna get stuck like I'm not gonna be this way forever yeah I love that yeah it's amazing Yeah, that's why I want, I want lots of people to feel that way because it's hard. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when, when I always say this, but when, when you feel supported in what you're going through, it makes it so much easier and able to, to handle, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's really unbelievable. So l- let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, this is the question that we ask everyone at the end. So what is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? Honestly, the first thing that popped to my head is that they won't have to struggle as much as finding an answer like I did. I struggled for years and I'm not talking badly about like doctors or anything, but, um, you know, it's just, I, I hope that they can find, you know, a doctor or resource or something that just helps them, that sees them and like, believes that there's something going on with them and like you know we'll find the answer and help them find it because like I literally spent the last like four and a half years trying to figure this all out and it would have been so much easier if the first time I went to my doctor they would have said you know this is all normal but let me do another test or let me figure this out for you or maybe I was just seeing wrong doctors or I don't know but I just I hope the next generation doesn't have as much trouble as I had finding it yeah yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, I've heard that from so many people, by the way, with different like endometriosis and this and that. It takes women decades to, um, you know, figure out what's wrong with yeah. them because the doctors either they don't listen to them, they don't believe that that you're struggling with whatever you you say you're struggling with, or they think that something's in your head or whatever, or they think that everything's fine. So I I really I agree with you. I really hope that people start getting women start getting diagnosed early on with whatever's going on so they could enter the path of recovery as soon as possible. Yep. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? You can find me on Instagram primarily. I'm on Instagram and Facebook mainly. Um, my Instagram is it's Danielle Hazlett and my Facebook is just Danielle Hazlett. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was so nice to hear your story and get to know you. Yeah, so for thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is really awesome.
That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 